السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ This whole group of surahs is really powerful. And each and every single one of them emphasizes the importance of the Qur'an in a different way. And we will see that in Surah Al-Rahman also. So let's begin. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Surah Al-Rahman is a Makki surah. And it is from the group of Mufassal surahs, which means that this surah is also a very short surah. It's not very long. The verses, the number of verses may appear to be a lot. But as we have seen in Mufassal surahs, the verses are very, very short. We learned in Surah Al-Qamar, the previous surah, that how the mushrikeen, they demanded miracles from the Prophet wasallam, And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed them a miracle, the splitting of the moon. But even that was not enough to convince them. Why? Because they were not seeking guidance. They were demanding miracles just to dispute with the Prophet ﷺ. In this surah, we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions many, many blessings. Different kinds of blessings. Blessings that are above us, around us, within us. And blessings that are tangible, blessings that are intangible, blessings of this world and blessings of the hereafter. Why? Because when a person reflects on the blessings of Allah, on the gifts of Allah, then he recognizes who Allah is. When his heart is full of gratitude, then this gratitude is what leads to worship. In fact, it is part of worship. So, It is as if we are being taught that you don't need to see extraordinary events in order to recognize who God is, who Allah is. All you need to do is just look at yourself. Look at the creation that is around you. Look at the gifts that Allah has blessed you with. And you will recognize your Lord. And you will know that He is deserving of worship. This is similar to how somebody once said that whoever thinks that he has a friend who is closer to him, more loving to him than Allah, then he has not recognized Allah. Because there is no one who is more compassionate and more kind and more generous to us than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's look at the surah, the surah of blessings, in which so many blessings are mentioned. But before we begin, there is a very interesting incident that we learn from the books of Sirah. Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Hisham, they have mentioned a narration in which we learn that once the companions, they said to one another that the Quraysh have not really, the people of Makkah have not really heard the Qur'an themselves. Meaning majority of them are opposing the Prophet ﷺ. They are denying the Qur'an without even knowing what the Qur'an is. So they had this idea that how about somebody recite the Qur'an in public so that People can hear, people can learn by themselves what the Qur'an actually says. So what happened? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he said, I will recite it. 
But the companions were a little hesitant. Why? Because they wanted somebody who was from a more powerful family so that the mushrikeen would at least respect him and not assault him. So they said, somebody else, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, you know what, leave me alone. Allah will protect me. I will go and recite. And it is said that he went to the haram, he stood next to Maqam Ibrahim, and in a loud and clear voice, he began reciting Suratul Rahman. And this shows to us that Suratul Rahman is one of the early Meccan surahs that was revealed upon the Prophet wasallam. And it is said that Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, once he began reciting Suratul Rahman, the people, they began listening to him, and eventually they realized that he is reciting something that is similar to what Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam preaches. So in other words, this has got to be from what Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam has been preaching. And they attacked him. It is said that they punched him on his face, they slapped him on his face in order to stop him, but he did not stop reciting Surah Al-Rahman. He kept reciting even though people were physically assaulting him. Until eventually, when he finished the recitation and he left, it is said that his face was swollen. They had beaten him so much that his face was swollen. And then he said to the Sahaba, the rest of the companions, that you know what, now these people have fallen even more in my sight. That they don't even have the tolerance to listen to the Qur'an. And from the Qur'an, Surah Al-Rahman, the surah that reminds us of Allah's blessings, they don't even have this much tolerance to listen to the Qur'an. And he said, you know what, I'm going to go again and recite the Qur'an again to them. They don't like to hear it, I'm going to make them hear it. And so the sahaba, they said that, no, you have made them hear, you have made them listen, you've done your job, now now stop. So this narration, it shows to us that how Surah Al-Rahman was one of the early surahs that was revealed upon the Prophet wasallam. What does the surah say? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ar-Rahman, the most merciful, Allama al-Qur'an, who taught the Qur'an, he has taught the Qur'an, Khalaq al-Insan, he has created the human being, Allamahu al-Bayan, and he is the one who has taught the human being eloquence, expression. Who is he? He is Ar-Rahman, the most merciful. Ar-Rahman, is one of the unique names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We see that the name of Allah, Ismul Jalala, Allah, as well as Ar-Rahman. These two names are the two primary names by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to Himself by. These two names are the primary names. If you think about it, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Allah and Ar-Rahman are mentioned in the Basmala, which is said before the recitation of any surah. And we see that after the name Allah, Ar-Rahman is one of the most frequently repeated names in the Qur'an. Ar-Rahman and Allah, these two names are most frequently repeated in the Qur'an. And especially in Makki surahs. If you think about it, Surah Maryam is a Makki surah. And that surah mentions Ar-Rahman very frequently. What does this name mean? Ar-Rahman, the extensively merciful, the incredibly merciful and compassionate. Rahman on Fa'lan, this is the structure, Fa'lan. 
and Fa'alan from Rahman from Rahma. What does Rahma mean? Rahma is Rikka, Lutf, Ra'fa. It is tenderness, kindness, gentleness. It is to show goodness, to show favor, to pardon. And the form Fa'alan, Rahman, as opposed to Rahim or Rahim, Rahman, it indicates intensity and emphasis. And it conveys the idea of vastness and fullness, extensiveness. So Rahman, what does it mean then? The one who is very, very merciful. Rahman indicates that the attribute of Rahmah is eternal. It is constant. Because the structure of Fa'lan is the strongest noun available in the Arabic language to characterize a verb. So Rahman indicates that he is the one whose mercy is the strongest, whose mercy is eternal. He is forever attributed with the attribute of mercy. He was always merciful. He is incredibly merciful right now. And He will forever be the most merciful. No one can be more merciful than Allah ever. Not today, not yesterday, not tomorrow. Allah is the most merciful. For He possesses Rahma as a sifatul qa'ima, as an eternal, constant attribute. We learned that once a man came before the Prophet ﷺ, and with him was his child. And that man was, you know, hugging his child and, and kissing him, showing love to him. The Prophet ﷺ asked him that, do you show mercy towards this child? And the man said, yes. It's as if somebody would ask you about your child or your grandchild, you love this child? What would your answer be? Of course. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah is more merciful towards you than you are towards this child. You think you are overflowing with love for your child? Allah is more merciful to you because He is Arhamur Rahimin. He is Ar-Rahman, the one who is always characterized by mercy. So every word of Allah, every command of Allah, every legislation that comes from Him, and every action that He does, and everything that He decrees, everything is covered with His mercy. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set a rule for Himself, even though He doesn't need to set any rules for Himself. We need rules. He doesn't because He is the Master. However, He has set a rule for Himself. And what is that rule? That, إِنَّ رَحْمَتِي سَبَقَتْ غَضَبِي That my mercy shall always triumph over my wrath. His mercy will always be greater. And remember the hadith in which we learned that Allah has divided His mercy into 100 parts. Isn't it? And one part of His mercy is what we see. Meaning, the effects of that one part of mercy is what we see in the creation around us. It is because of that 1% of mercy that the mother has kindness and compassion for her offspring. 
right? That people show compassion to one another. That even though someone may reject the, the very existence of Allah, someone may oppose Allah, still Allah will provide him. This is part of what? Allah's mercy, because He is Ar-Rahman. In Surah Araf, Ayah 156, Allah says, وَرَحْمَتِي وَسِعَتْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ My mercy encompasses everything. كُلَّ شَيْءٍ In Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 54, Allah says, كَتَبَ رَبُّكُمْ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ الرَّحْمَةِ Your Lord has decreed mercy upon Himself. Meaning He has set a rule for Himself that He must show mercy. So there is nothing except that it is affected by the mercy of Allah. Because Allah is Ar-Rahman, the most merciful, the incredibly merciful. And what are the effects of His mercy? Everything around us. And then there are some things that are mentioned over here. Allah says, Ar-Rahman. Who is Ar-Rahman? He has, Allama Al-Qur'an. Allama, He has taught. Al-Qur'an, the Qur'an. The list of blessings begins with which blessing? The Qur'an. The number one blessing that Allah mentions over here is not the food we eat. It's not the life that we live. It's not the world that we live in. What is it? It is the Qur'an that He has given. And He has not just given it, rather He has Allama. And what does Allama mean? To teach. To give in a way that the other learns. Allama yu'allimu is to give ilm. And what is ilm? Knowledge. So ta'lim is to teach. So allama al-Qur'an, he has taught the Qur'an. He didn't just reveal it. He didn't just send it. He taught it. How? Through Jibreel. He gave the Qur'an to Jibreel, who delivered it to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who taught the Qur'an. To the Ummah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a messenger with the Quran. Why? To teach people how to understand the Quran, how to implement the Quran, how to read the Quran. Because remember, the ta'aleem of Quran includes three things. Ta'aleem of Quran includes three things. Firstly, the ta'aleem of the words, teaching the words, as in how to recite them. How to read them? What is the correct pronunciation? What is the correct manner of reading? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Jibreel. And Jibreel taught the Prophet sallallahu And the Prophet sallallahu taught people how to recite the Qur'an. You know, in Surah Qamar, we learn, فَهَلْ مِن مُدَّكِرْ And once a companion was reciting the surah before the Prophet sallallahu and he didn't say مُدَّكِرْ in this way. He said it in a different way. And the Prophet ﷺ corrected him that it is muddakir. Don't say muddakir or any other word. It is muddakir. So taught the words as in their recitation, their reading. Secondly, the ta'aleem of Qur'an includes the meaning. Teaching the correct meaning. What do these words mean? And we see that the Prophet ﷺ was taught the meaning of the Qur'an. And he further explained the meaning of the Qur'an to the ummah. And there's so many ahadith that demonstrate that to us. The tafsir. The third aspect of ta'aleem is how to implement the amal. Because the Qur'an is guidance, right? 
And guidance is not just to be understood and read. Meaning instructions. The first step is to be able to read the instructions. Right? The second step is to be able to comprehend the instructions. But then it doesn't stop there. You have to implement also. So how to implement? The Prophet ﷺ was taught how to implement the Qur'an. For instance, we learn many verses in the Qur'an that tell us about how to pray. Or rather, the command to pray. And specifically, when to pray. The times are mentioned. But the Prophet ﷺ was not just given this instruction. Jibreel was sent. And he taught the Prophet ﷺ, okay, at this time, now pray the salah. Now pray the salah. Now pray the salah. And this continued for two days. Until the timings were made clear to the Prophet ﷺ. So, علم القرآن He has taught the Qur'an. You notice something over here. The teaching of the Qur'an, Allah attributes this to who? To Himself. He has taught the Qur'an. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ said that خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَلَّمَهُ The best of you is the one who learns the Qur'an and then teaches it. Why best of you? Because he is learning what Allah is teaching. Imagine being Allah's student. right? When a person is learning the Qur'an, he is becoming whose student? Allah's student. Because Allama, He taught. He is the teacher. So if you become His student, you learn the knowledge that He is giving, then khayrukum, then you become the, the best of all people. Can you imagine? This is such an amazing thing. You know, people are very proud of the fact that they have been to a particular school, or they are a student of a certain professor, or an instructor, or a sheikh. Isn't it? It's something that we're proud about. Or something that we desire very eagerly. I want to be so and so student. I want to learn from them. عَلَّمَ Quran. Allah has taught the Qur'an. And the one who teaches the Qur'an, even they are doing a very noble thing. Why? Because Allah is the one who initiated this. عَلَّمَ Quran. In Surah An-Nisa, Ayah 113, Allah says that, وَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةَ وَعَلَّمَكَ مَا لَمْ تَكُنْ تَعْلَمْ That Allah has sent down upon you, O Prophet wasallam, He has revealed the book and the wisdom. The Qur'an and its understanding, its implementation. And He has taught you what you did not know. How? Through the Qur'an. عَلَّمَ Quran. And Allah says, وَكَانَ فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكَ عَظِيمًا And the favor of Allah upon you is indeed very great. So the one who learns the Qur'an and the one who teaches the Qur'an, indeed he has received a great favor from Allah. عَلَّمَ Quran. This is Allah's special mercy on a servant. Because you see, Ar-Rahman, the most merciful, what's the sign of his mercy? That عَلَّمَ Quran. He didn't just create us and leave us to fend for ourselves, to figure things out ourselves through trial and error. No, He also sent guidance. He told us where we're from, why we're here, what we are to do, and where we're going. عَلَّمَ Quran. خَلَقَ insan. Then another sign of His mercy, that He has created insan, the human being. Who is this insan? Adam and his children, all of mankind. And we know that we were not always there. If we are here, 
It's because of a cause. And who's that cause? Who made us? Allah made us. In Surah Insan, Ayah 1, Allah says, هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينُ مِنَ الدَّهْرِ لَمْ يَكُنْ شَيْءً مَذْكُورًا Has there not come upon man a time when he wasn't a thing that is even mentioned? Meaning non-existent, not even mentioned, not even spoken about? Unknown? I mean, 200, 300 years ago, were we known? No way. خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانِ He has created the human being. You notice, even before our creation, what does Allah mention? The gift of Qur'an. Right? The gift of the knowledge of Qur'an. Why? Because the ta'aleem of Qur'an is a greater blessing than our physical existence even. Than our physical life even. Because one is the life of the heart and the other is the life of the body. The life of the heart is with the Qur'an. And the life of the body, yes, it's there. But it's meaningless until unless the heart is alive. So what is the life of the heart? It is through the Qur'an. خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانِ عَلَّمَهُ الْبَيَانِ Another sign of Allah's mercy. عَلَّمَهُ He has taught him, meaning Allah has taught man. What did Allah teach man? Al-bayan. The eloquence or the expression. The word bayan, bayanun, what does it mean? It conveys three meanings. Firstly, it conveys the meaning of iftiraq, to separate one thing from another. Separate. Secondly, it gives the meaning of burd, to create distance between things. And thirdly, it conveys the meaning of wuduh, clarity. Because when things are, you know, thrown together, in one place, alright, you can't tell one apart from the other. It's difficult to understand. It's difficult to identify. So, bayan is what? When everything is distinct, when each thing is distinct from the other, right, such that you can see it, you can understand it, you can recognize it on its own. And with that, you have clarity. So, what does bayan mean over here? Allamahu al-bayan. Firstly, what it means is expression. The ability to bring out what is in the mind. Expression. Allah has taught man how to bring out what is in his head, what is in his heart. And this is done how? Through words, through speech, and also through one's actions, hands. Whether it is in the form of sign language, or it is by writing, or it is by drawing, or it is by making expression. These are all different forms of expression. And with that, we are expressing what is in our minds, what is in our hearts. So who gave us this ability? Ar-Rahman. Have you ever been in a situation where you're feeling a lot of things, but you don't know how to put it in words? Yeah? You know what I'm talking about? Right? Like you're really upset about a certain situation and you're crying in your heart and you also shed real tears and you want to put it into words but you're not able to. How, you know, we feel imprisoned. Isn't it? We feel locked up. That we're not able to express what is in our hearts. So expression is really a rahmah of Allah. 
عَلَّمَهُ الْبَيَانِ Who gave us this ability? Allah did. The most merciful did. So let us use this skill to please Him. Let us use this skill to do what He wants us to do. Secondly, bayan also means clarity in understanding. So bayan with respect to the mukhatib, the person who is addressing, as well as with respect to the mukhatib, the one who is being addressed. Because sometimes people are talking to us, but we don't understand what they're saying. Right? Or we cannot fully grasp what is being conveyed. So bayan, as in the ability to understand and comprehend what is being said to us. Clarity in terms of understanding. Clarity in terms of seeing, in terms of identifying. عَلَّمَهُ الْبَيَانِ In Surah Balad, Ayah 8 and 9, Allah says, أَلَمْ نَجْعَلْ لَهُ عِنَيْنِ وَلِسَانًا وَشَفَتَيْنِ Did we not make for man two eyes with which he can see and identify and learn and perceive? And then, وَلِسَانًا a tongue, وَشَفَتَيْنِ and two lips. Meaning, with that, he speaks, he expresses himself. So over here, which blessing is mentioned? The blessing of expression, of understanding, of eloquence. And people are at different levels of eloquence. Some people are extremely eloquent, some people have a lower level, some people have a greater level. So whatever level we are at, this is whose blessing upon us? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also describes the Qur'an as bayan. In Surah Ali Imran, Ayah 138, In Surah Ibrahim also, This is a bayan, clarification, a clear message. So, عَلَّمَهُ bayan. Ashamsu, the sun, walqamaru, and the moon, bihusban, by a husban. Meaning they move by husban. Husban hasin ba, hisab. Hisab is to take account. And husban, computation, accounting. So what does this mean? That the sun and the moon, they move, how? Or they exist, or they go about doing what they're supposed to. How? At random? Randomly? Following their own inclinations? No. According to a precise calculation. Because we see that in the sky, as we see, and remember that in the Qur'an, many times things are mentioned from the perspective of the viewer. From the perspective of how we see things. Alright? So, what we see in the sky is that the sun is there, Right? And as the sun goes, what comes next? The moon. And then as the moon goes, what comes next? The sun. So in succession, they come. So as they come in succession, this is how? This is according to a precise calculation. Meaning the length of the day, the length of the night. And we see that over the year, it increases and decreases. It changes. It varies. This is according to a precise calculation. Who made that precise calculation? Who decided it? Who decreed it? It is Ar-Rahman. Because imagine how unpredictable and how difficult life would be if we didn't know when the sun would rise and when the sun would set. We see that with the moon, specifically around Ramadan, right? And around Dhul-Hijjah. That when people differ, 
with regards to moon sighting, right? When they have differences, how much confusion it may create. Isn't it so? So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the sun and the moon, He makes them move by a precise calculation. And this is Allah's mercy upon us. This is a sign of His ilm, of His ability, of His complete control and power. In Surah Yunus, Ayah 5, Allah says, هُوَ الَّذِي جَعَلَ الشَّمْسَ ضِيَاءً وَالْقَمَرَ نُورًا وَقَدَّرَهُ مَنَازِلْ لِتَعْلَمُوا عَدَدَ السِّنِينَ وَالْحِسَابِ That He is the one who has made the sun as a light. The moon also similar. Meaning the sun provides light during the day and the moon provides light during the night. And yes, there are differences in their lights. And for the moon, there are certain stages. Why? Stages of the moon, of the sun, why? So that you may know the number of years. In other words, so that you may be able to tell time. What time of the day it is, what time of the night it is, what time of the month it is. All of this you tell how? By the sun and the moon. What does this teach us? That time is also a blessing. It is also Allah's rahmah on us. And then we see here that the sun and the moon, because they follow a set order for them, the order that Allah has decided for them, because of them we have order in our lives. We have, you know, a schedule. Why? Because of how the sun and the moon are. Imagine if the day was at one point the length of three weeks. And then the night came at random for like one week. Just imagine how difficult life would be. How would we sleep? Because our body needs a natural clock. Because our body is affected by the environment that we're in. Correct? So, الشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ بِحُسْبَانِ We have some order in our lives. Why? Because the sun and moon are following Allah's orders. What does this teach us? That we can only have peace in our lives if we follow Allah's orders as well. وَالنَّجْمُ And the stars. وَالشَّجَرُ And the trees. Yes, Judan. They both prostrate. They both do sajda. Najm, some have said this means a certain type of a plant, but Najm, what people are more familiar with is that Najm is stars. And yes, Najm is singular word, but it's used as ism jins referring to all stars. So when Najmu was shajaru, yes, Judan, yes, Judan, they both do sajda. What does it mean? All the stars, celestial bodies in the sky, and all the trees on earth, they are in humble prostration before Allah. In Surah Al-Hajj, Ayah 18, Allah says, أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَسْجُدُ لَهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ Don't you see that everything prostrates before Allah? Whoever that is in the skies and whoever that is in the earth. وَالشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ وَالنُّجُومُ وَالْجِبَالُ وَالشَّجَرُ وَالدَّوَابُ So many things are mentioned. The sun, the moon, the stars, mountains, trees, animals. وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنَ النَّاسِ And many among people. Not all people, but many among people. In Surah Al-Ra'd, Ayah 15, Allah says, وَلِلَّهِ يَسْجُدُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ طَوْعًا وَكَرْهًا Everything in the heavens and the earth prostrates to Allah. Willingly or by compulsion. 
وَظِلَالُهُمْ And also their shadows, they prostrate to Allah. Now when a human being does sajda, that sajda is understood. Right? You go down on the floor, you put your head on the ground, that is sajda. But what is the sajda of the sun and the moon? What is the sajda of the stars and the trees? Firstly, this is understood as their total surrender and humility before Allah. That how they are completely obedient, absolutely compliant. Because sajda is what? You put your head on the ground, your head, your forehead in particular, what is right behind the forehead? What part of your brain? The boss, right? The frontal cortex or something? Prefrontal cortex? What does that do? All your cognitive strengths are there, right? Abilities are there. So you put that on the ground, what does it mean? What does it mean? Who's going to decide for you? Allah. Right? Whose command is it that you're going to follow? Your own? No, Allah's. This is sajda. You're completely surrendering and humbling yourself before Allah, admitting that you will follow, you will obey. So everything in this universe, all of these creatures that are mentioned over here, how are they before Allah? Humbly obedient. The sun rises when Allah orders, sets when Allah orders. najmi إِذَا hawa. Right? Everything is doing exactly what Allah wants it to do. Even the trees, they grow when Allah orders that they grow. They change color when Allah commands that they change color. Just imagine. So obedient. So many changes are happening at whose command? At Allah's command. And then we see that in particular what is mentioned? Stars and trees. Where are the stars? Up in the sky, high above. And trees also, they grow tall. Isn't it? But still Allah says, yes, Judan, they do sajda. Because if you think about it, najmi إِذَا hawa. Even the stars, they fall, they set, they go down. And the trees, as they grow up, their branches, they come down. You don't see pride. You don't see pride. There is humility in their very creation. And then, secondly, we can also understand the sajda as a real sajda. Right? But what, how exactly does it happen? We don't know. This is similar to how Allah says that وَإِن مِّن شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَلَكِن لَا تَفْقَهُونَ تَسْبِحَهُمْ In Surah Isra, Ayah 44, Allah says that there is nothing except that it glorifies and praises Allah. It's doing tasbih of Allah. But you do not understand their tasbih. You don't hear the words of Subhanallah wa bihamdihi or any words of tasbih, you don't hear them. You don't understand. It's beyond your ability to comprehend how they do tasbih. So it's beyond our ability to comprehend how these creatures prostrate to Allah. But what's the message? That look at the sun, look at the moon, how obedient. Look at the stars and the trees prostrating before Allah. So what are you going to do? Let's listen to the recitation of these verses, and then we will continue. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الرحمن علم القرآن خلق الإنسان 